0: What is growth hacking, and is it possible you know someone who's a growth hacker, but you didn't know it? Well, we just spend time with Justin Wu, blockchain evangelist and growth hacker with CoinCircle.com, and you're going to dig it. Uh, should you have a different email address for each crypto account, we're going to discuss that and whatever else pops into our minds in this highly anticipated episode number 68 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Uh-huh. You know why this episode was so highly anticipated, don't you, Travis? And, you know, I was going to ask you about that.
1: I mean, I, I didn't realize our episodes were highly anticipated.
0: Well, this one just was because I was waiting for you to get back so we could record. So I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was anticipating it. And it's like, nobody, like, ready there. to go. That is hilarious yeah. to me. They didn't know that I was waiting, but I was anticipating <laughs> it. And now you're here and, and our <laughs> listeners are here. That's great. So welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, and we are well into the new year, and by well into, I mean it is now, you know, the first week of the new year, and I haven't broken any of my resolutions yet, Travis, um, mostly because I haven't made any. Well, that's good. Congratulations. I'm batting a 1,000. That is impressive.
1: It is very impressive. No one is better at you at things.
0: I resolved to not go to the gym, and so far I'm very successful at this
1: that's so great what about walks with Joel have you have you had any walks with Joel yet this year
0: I had a great walk on the beach and I'm back I'm back man, from Jamaica oh uh, yeah man, yeah, man. Ah, good time yeah, man. toes in the in the what is it the uh, the song toes in the water ass in the sand yeah it is the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious and crypto we are furious I'm a little crypto furious. Oh, by the way, I know who that is now. Mm -hmm. He revealed his identity. He's done that a
1: couple times ago. I I knew who it was. I uh, I think I had chatted with him, but uh,
0: but we're not gonna we're not gonna reveal. As far as all y'all know, he is crypto furious and nervous. He will be back. (laughs) He will be back. He will be back. Because once you go bad, you always go back. Two. It
1: still does not work. we got to work on that one. That is just not flowing.
0: It, maybe somebody else has a good tagline for us. <laughs> Anyhow, thanks for listening, and we got a great show ahead for you right now, and let's go ahead and jump into the questions. Bad Ritual Voicemail, you have one new message. Hey, Joel and Travis. Uh, my name is Tim Baldwin from Pennsylvania. I'm still binging and listening to the, uh, to the episode where Travis got hacked. Um still trying to catch up here, but um, my question is related to creating accounts with wallets and exchanges. This might be overkill, but should you use a different email address for each exchange-slash-wallet you sign up for? Or as long as your email account has the 2FA two, two capability, you should be clear. Thanks, and stay back. Hey, Travis, remember when you got hacked? Wait, which time was this that... You lost your cryptos.
1: It was the seventh time. <laughs> Number thirteen. We,
0: we we do need to share that you got hosed again. Um, do you want to share that that incident? What's that share? Ether Delta. That, share right now.
1: Actually, I ended up yeah. not getting hosed, but uh, I don't know about a week or so ago. Um, I was on Ether Delta, and I was buying some Dragon Chain coin, and uh, I put my money in. I put nine ether in, Joel. To get some of this and immediately and then it looked like it went in and then i refreshed the page and then boom metamask popped up a thing that said ether delta had been hacked and it was a phishing attempt or something so it took like 36 hours later i finally found out that my crypto was still in there on my account and i didn't lose anything. Oh, but it was
0: crazy. you didn't get hosed.
1: did not get hosed my luck you is turning almost... mr Joelcom. my luck is turning <laughs> <Woo-hoo-hoo>!
0: <laughs> You had a near hosing experience. N H E. Yeah. Almost hosed. Well, I'm going <laughs> to nearly hosed. <laughs> I think you should put that on the list. My album, because that's
1: the name of my, my, my next album, Almost Hosed. I, I don't have any <laughs> albums before that, so I said I would still be my first one.
0: It did cause a bit of a fright, uh, but I'm glad to hear that your 9Ether was was safe there. Yeah. So anyway, to Tim's question, what do you think of this? A different email address for every exchange? Uh,
1: you know, I think this, so um, it depends. I don't know if that's necessary, but I know on Coinbase, there's like two email addresses. Like if you put something on the vault in Coinbase, uh, you have to... Then they'll send you two emails, one to each email, and you have to be able to go in and and verify each one of those. That seems pretty secure, right? But, uh, you know, I don't use my main email address for my Coinbase account, so that way if I got hacked, people aren't going to be able to easily figure out which one it is. Uh, It's not even a public one, I don't think, actually, on that account. So, you know, I, I think maybe just be crafty. If you have one where you have all your newsletters that you sign up for and it's your basic spam Gmail That's probably not the same one. Like if somebody can Google your name and get your email, probably not a good idea to use that one for all your cryptos.
0: Right. I use a email that is not connected to my primary accounts. Nobody would ever guess what the email is that I have connected to my accounts. And to make it even better, it's a secure encrypted email server. So it's just one extra step you can take to lock down your cryptos and make sure you are all secure so you don't get nearly hosed like Mr. Travis Wright.
1: Yeah, quit picking on me, crypto guys.
0: <laughs>
2: hey guys, this is Carol from Scotland. You're listening to the
0: Bad Crypto Podcast. Stay bad. And welcome to the feature segment of the Bad Crypto Podcast. I'm Roger Mudd. Remember Roger? Hmm. I don't. You Who's know, Roger uh, Mudd? Roger was one of the, the network news anchormen oh. for many minutes years he was very serious oh
1: okay okay not like not as popular as like walter cronkite or any of those guys right but
0: i was roger mudd was pretty popular but no walter was like the daddy of you know anchor desks right good evening i'm walter cronkite and not as popular as i'm chevy chase and you're not
1: that's good i like i like chevy chase i know who chevy chase is (laughs)
0: <laughs> Do you know who Justin Wu is? That's the question.
1: Definitely. Mr. Justin Wu, he is killing it in the uh, growth hacking space and he is that uh, has turned his services towards the world of the cryptos
0: recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, he's the head of growth at CoinCircle.com, and what they do is they seek to tokenize the world by taking existing companies that are doing something and blockchaining them mm-hmm. right into a decentralized token economy. One of the clients of CoinCircle was the Unicoin, U-N-I-K-O-I-N, and uh, he is the founder of Growth.ly. Uh, Justin does Snapchats about hacking entrepreneurship and he's done some work with Wall Street Journal with the Consumer Electronics Show and so forth. And we had the opportunity to have a sit down with Mr. Wu and talk about all kinds of cool things. I love when leaders in the space stop by to say, hey, bad crypto. What up, dudes? And that is exactly what's happened. Only he didn't he didn't really say it like that, but I, I imagine in my mind that it would have been Travis. He's a, he's a
1: surfer dude, and he's all like, "Hey, shaka brah.
0: I don't think he said any of that. It seems no, huh? <laughs> but in my mind, he did. It may maybe when I officially introduce him, he will. His name is Justin Wu, and Justin is the head of growth at Coin Circle. They are a company that tokenizes the world by migrating established high quality companies into the future of a blockchain based decentralized token. Economy. One of their clients was Unicoin Gold. And he, the guy's an information architect, and now he's a marketer and founder of Growth.ly. Uh, he likes to use Snapchat to talk about his entrepreneurship. He's worked with the Wall Street Journal, collaborated with the Consumer Electronics Show, which is coming up in Las Vegas uh, in a very, very short time. And he's, uh, he's founded a bunch of different companies, including one that was invested in by Warner Brothers. The company was Side Vision. And he's here to talk all. All Things Delicious Delectable Blockchain with us. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, Mr. Justin Wu.
2: Awesome. Thanks again, guys, for having me on.
0: So in my mind, I was right. You were kind of like, hey, Bad Crypto, what up?
2: (laughs) Kind of, I mean, I'm in Santa Monica, so <laughs> yeah, <on> the beach, <laughs> not too far off.
1: Very nice. Our good friend uh, John Ferrara, who uh, founded Nimble, and uh, he also founded Goldmine, the original CRM. He's he's right out there in uh, wonderful Santa Monica as well. Beautiful place.
2: Yeah, I'm a fan of his products too. So, <laughs> tell about. us a
0: little bit about uh, about your your background and how you found yourself going down the blockchain rabbit hole. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so uh, I've been a startup entrepreneur and founder, founded a lot of different startups in the past from SaaS companies to agencies, Uh, really started my entrepreneurship career at the age of Uh, 12 uh, with my first eBay um, business selling magic cards, Pokemon cards, all the fun stuff there. And he's Uh, just 13 now, Travis. Can you believe it? So amazing.
1: (laughs) What a career already.
2: 28 now. But uh, so I've just been doing building a lot of apps and stuff uh, for the past years. And uh, what I knew or what I found out was it didn't matter how. of a a product and service uh, I could build if nobody knew about it, right? And so that's when uh, I started just building these apps and companies where I really had to learn about marketing and growth hacking uh, before growth hacking was a term. And that's kind of where it got me down the path where uh, I initially tried to study a lot about computer science, ended up uh, going to uh, the University of Washington for information architecture it's a kind of more smaller, uh, brand new degree where it combines computer science, cognitive science, and data science together. So we're like the middleman between business people and computers, <laughs> computer scientists, <laughs> the translators. So
0: you speak, you speak nerd and business,
2: and business and and also uh, users. So that's the customers, users. That's the yeah. most important component too. The middleman architect or the information systems architect, essentially. Uh, what I learned and I just so it just so happened to uh apply all those principles for marketing it's It's no different you have to understand the product level uh both on the technical as well as any of the actual business side and then what the consumers want as well and so that's how it kind of went into like a natural progression uh into marketing because I did learn a little bit more on the software uh, engineering side uh, I was able to start writing my own scripts. Uh, scraping and collecting data, and then utilizing that data in ma- meaningful ways, and that's when you know the term growth or growth marketing, growth hacking came out to be by uh, during those times in Silicon Valley. <laughs> in terms of like the blockchain space, though, yeah, I've been doing a lot of marketing for the past few years, uh, specifically around Kickstarter's. Uh, so I did a Kickstarter campaign where I raised you know anywhere from like two point five million dollars in thirty days for a tablet-like product, and then other kind of six to seven figure uh, Kickstarters. And so I've had the experience of running campaigns where I had to utilize a lot of the different marketing channels and, and traction channels to kind of help with the pre-launch sale and post-launch. Uh, and so that became a natural skill set that fit in kind of the uh, token crowd sale uh, marketplace. And I've always been a fan of crypto since kind of like the early Dogecoin days when I was doing a lot of mining during those times. So it's all kind of like full, uh, put together in the past uh, year for me to kind of just go all in on uh, working in the crypto and, and blockchain space.
1: Oh, that, that's beautiful. I mean, so if you have in the background with doing these kickstarters and you know Indiegogo type projects, cause you've had some some pretty good success in helping grow those. Moving into the blockchain ICO space just seemed to be sort of a natural transformation. For you, it's kind of one of the paths that 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 I've been on. I mean, I've been a marketer now for like twenty years, but I'm I've always paid attention to where the puck is heading, right? Mm-hmm. And so, as I'm I'm a marketing technologist wow. by trade, but I've also done a lot of growth hacking and help people with their you know grow their businesses. I have an agency in Kansas City, but this whole blockchain space is just such a fascinating area. And I, what I've noticed is a lot of the marketing technologists that have been around for the last five. 10 years or so, they're starting to focus on one particular area, like one might focus on AI, one might, they're focusing on chatbots, they're focusing on AR, VR, you know, and then blockchain was the one that was the most interesting to me, because here we are with all of these companies that are cash rich and marketing poor. Most of them don't even have a marketer on their team at all, yeah. right?
2: So, <laughs> and if they do have one, <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's one of those things. So, so what, what are some of the things that, that you've seen that, that's worked when you're helping these ICs? CEOs or when you're helping Coin Circle sort of gain traction, what are what are some of the things that you like to to look at when you're working with these companies, and what are some of the things that you like to do to help them grow?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's same with any type of whether it be blockchain or crypto related companies to Kickstarter's. Uh, it's all about understanding the three phases, um, especially if you're doing a, a new token from the ground up. You have to build up the community first, uh, build up the list, build up interest, uh, generate the brand awareness, uh, and then start. Kind of like storytelling with content marketing, uh, really talking about the founders, uh, communicating weekly with live stream videos, et cetera, storytelling really uh, to build up that audience and understand what you're trying to build and build up that trust. And then moving to the actual sale phase, you have to keep the communication strong and even post uh, as well, where you even see a lot of tokens fall flat. It's like, just because you collected money, that's that's just the start of the uh, whole process. And you want to build long-term value and, and really build up a brand. And that's where I saw the opportunity, whether it be for Kickstarters or crypto-related projects. A lot of projects don't have a marketer, as you said, or they have you know some weird marketing going on. And I wanted to kind of just bring in Kind of my industry actual expertise uh, into this field and level up kind of the marketing, how marketing is done um, and not in like a marketing way, but an over promotional way, but in a more organic way where we're creating meaningful content and meaningful stories uh, to then really push and build a community around uh, whatever projects we're working on
0: you know as marketers i'm i'm all about storytelling and and i like when people think outside of the normal and do guerrilla marketing right it's it's uh marketing done unusually so that it gets attention so maybe point out something that you know you've worked with in the blockchain space you've had success with uh, and you can name a particular company perhaps a campaign a project that an idea that was executed really well and did the trick
2: so there's A lot of different angles to go about it, and each each kind of token uh, kind kind of has its own different highlights. It's not just one single channel, and that's where uh, we're seeing a lot of on the business people side. People are kind of falling flat. They think just because they hire a PR agency and they get uh, listed on a publication, that's it. (laughs) They're done. (laughs) That's that's actually only the start. It's one thing to get featured, which is kind of one big hurdle to get through, but also is how can you get that message across uh, and distribute that on all the different crypto community forums and, and uh, chat groups and telegram um, groups. It has to be organic uh, in a sense. You can't just kind of go out and just uh, spam it out there uh, at all. So the way that we like to think about things is for, like say let's say, like Unicoin Gold. We had like a big announcement of them uh, MGM partnering uh, with Unicorn and Unicorn Gold, uh, bringing esports into casinos, which is a big big news. Uh, So with a story point like that, we then look at where can we distribute this uh, in all the crypto communities. Obviously, the crypto community is kind of like segmented in each of those buckets from like Telegram, Facebook groups to uh, Rocket Chat to Slack. Uh, Reddit, we have to have a strategy that is kind of building not a single uh, distribution channel, um, but more like an omnipresent strategy, because we have to push on all edges, because sometimes some things might not resonate on a single channel or, you know, on a single place, or if it's maybe bad timing, uh, just because like something else is dominating the news feed, like a, a, you know, uh, you know, whatever it is happening that day in the crypto land. And so we kind of want to just like generate uh, as much awareness uh, across the board.
1: Right on. I recall Unicorn Gold. It's different than Unicorn Gold. I noticed Unicorn Gold, that is toilet spray. (laughs) (laughs) Unicorn,
0: you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> unicorn. Th- thanks for th- thanks for clarifying that, Travis, because I was getting confused. Uh, it was very confusing. I was like, wow. So,
1: but but Mark Mark Cuban backed Unicorn, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, Mark Cuban back and Ashton Kutcher back the uh, Unicorn, which is the uh, main company, and it's a esports betting token, and it was a natural fit to tokenize that business because they already had. Uh, hundreds of millions of transactions going through on the betting platform. And for them, you know they've uh, we helped them through that whole tokenization process uh, and get that out there. That was that was I guess right when Mark Mark Cuban says,
1: "Oh, I guess this cryptocurrency stuff's not a not a scam after all, you guys." Hey, you guys, it's not it's not bad. I guess uh, I I remember he, he, he retracted that. He thinks he's he's he likes the he likes the bitcoins now. Um, so so that's fun. So so tell us a little bit about you know community because I think that's one thing that we notice. Like we, we have you know we do a lot of these ICO chats, and this is this is not one. This is actually an interview. But when we do our ICO spotlight chats, we we always want to know about what, you know, like what problem do they solve. You know, how is their technology and their timeline? What does it look like? What does their team look like? What does the token do? But one thing that we we don't always talk about is their community. But I think a lot of times the community could be one of the key factors in the success of one of these tokens because they're so, you know, if, if you go to look at one of their, their telegrams and they have like 13 people in there, there's a chance that that, that coin's probably not going to be so good. So what are some of the things that you do over, when you're working with these different companies to sort of help activate and engage? and grow those communities?
2: Yeah, so it's streamlining the full communication process uh, from collecting. Well, if, if you have an email list, build up that email list. Make sure you guys have a, a, a hosted blog. A lot of uh, tokens like to utilize Medium as their blog, which doesn't really make the most sense to me on, on the marketing standpoint, just because you know that's not your traffic and you, there's no real like call to actions that you can really build into the Medium site. It's a great kind of like uh, publishing social network uh, but I always would utilize medium as a secondary. And the, the whole idea, though, is you want to streamline the email communications to the uh, to the social posts, uh, to the blog posts, uh, to the Telegram channels. Uh, and whenever you do have these story points or updates, uh, you're just syndicating that across all the channels at the same time. Because, again, like we've seen it where if your Twitter account isn't up to date and that's only where people go for their source of information or news about what's going on in updates, then they're going to judge you on, on on that based on you not communicating and you not being active. Uh, just, but, don't but, don't, but don't judge Twitter? me. Don't judge me. Yeah. Twitter's oh, yeah. all you <laughs>
0: need, right? I mean, that's all. That's all true news there. That's all legitimate. <laughs> yeah. you know, file under not. Uh, so, you know, uh, as of this recording, the uh, the big Bitcoin cash uh, on Coinbase debacle just happened last night. And I'm uh, yep. not exactly sure when we're going to air this, but just to give context to it, this is pretty fresh. And and I want to get your opinion on the whole Bitcoin B cash thing and, and where you think it's headed.
2: So uh, it's it's been very interesting for sure. And uh, I've always been hearing from both sides of the table <laughs> for that. I think that, you know, obviously the more Bitcoin purists will definitely hate it. And most uh, most of the community uh, doesn't like it Um, from more a uh, I'm always somebody that looks at things from a marketing standpoint. I think that Bitcoin cash has enough like ammo, both in terms of like firepower of uh, cash and marketing budget to spend and generate hype uh, for better or for worse. Uh, and so because of that, I think that it can continue to uh, drive that. I mean, like Roger Ver and, and crew are not backing down on, on pushing that out. Uh, and obviously getting on Coinbase is a, a, a big, uh, big push. Uh, I see the overall like the in 2000 uh, closing 2017 to th- 2018. We're going to see a lot more institutional money come into play. And so I think that Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash uh, are going to both thrive.
0: Um, so so think you think they could coexist, that it's not a matter of uh, of one, you know, a flippening happening and Bitcoin, you know, goes down to nothing and Bitcoin cash is everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think there's they can coexist. Uh, same with, you know, whether it be like Ethereum or other blockchain platforms, um, I think they're going to duke it out. And I think they're everybody is kind of incentivized to kind of duke it out to prove that their platform is better. Um, but they the only way to really do that is come down to whether they can attract more developers, actually push more development on uh, whatever uh, token or platforms that they're building, uh, and really create that differentiation. You know, right now since most you know ICOs and tokens haven't really launched many products out there. Uh, 2018 is going to be very interesting. Hopefully we'll see a lot more maturity come into the space where we'll actually see uh, meaningful development, um, real scaling technologies and um, protocol level upgrades uh, as well. And this is you know, just in the whole general sense, not even just like uh, B- uh, Bitcoin Cash or Bcash, however you want to look at it. <laughs> no, it's,
1: it's it's called Bcash. That's what we have to It's not up. Bcash. Shut up, Joel. It's Bcash. Okay, uh, I have a question around blockchains for you in, in general, right? Yeah. So, I mean, as I find this, I find this endlessly fascinating by going to blocktivity.info, and then I can look at the capacity utilization index of these different blockchains to see how much of their daily activity uh, is equal to their total blockchain capacity, right? right? And so that's what this Blocktivity thing shows. And right now, you know, Steam which is that, you know, Steam it when the Steam, which is that one website, social media site. It has over a million transactions today and it's running at 0.36 of 1% of its total capacity. Then you have Ethereum that has 983,000 transactions. Right now it's sitting at 100% blockchain capacity with 17,000 unconfirmed transactions. And you have Bitcoin that's sitting with 195,000 unconfirmed transactions, 100% blockchain capacity. Bitcoin Cash is sitting at 120 Seven thousand transactions today, but it's sitting at five percent of its capacity right and as that right. grows, those numbers change, and I think that there's a problem with 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 that and so that's why I think you know, Steam and, and BitShares. We, we had um, Stan Larimer on an episode recently and we were talking about how, you know, Dan built all of those and he's built EOS to sort of have this scalability. Yeah. So what are some of the blockchains that are sort of upcoming that are interesting to you? Because I mean, I know you have your finger and your thumb on the pulse of all of these, but there's, yeah. some are, there's some that are popping up that I find that are interesting that I've started to invest in, but I'm curious, what are some of those non-mainstream blockchains that you think have a, a, a big future potentially?
2: Yeah, honestly, I'm looking at all the blockchain platforms, especially the new emerging ones too, because I think right now uh, we're going to see a continued arms race or a big push to find uh, those scaling solutions. And there could be multiple winners, right? I know that Ethereum is, is kind of maxed out too, but Ethereum does have probably like ten, you know, protocol level uh, projects and tokens that are going to be uh, that are being worked on right now from. Uh, you know that so this is going to come, but it's going to come in like a couple, you know, anywhere from one to five years. <laughs> but other blockchain platforms, though, there's a lot from like Neo, uh, EOS, uh, Lisk, Cardano, uh, and a, new, a brand new one that I just found out recently is uh Z i l i q a, and they can do uh, twenty five hundred uh, transa- uh, transactions on their test net on just a few nodes so far uh, as well. So. Uh, these are all really interesting. Uh, the way that I personally look at it, like I'm not uh, going to be too emotional about it. Like I, first off, I like, like to spread my bets. I mean, like if you're betting in operating systems like Apple, Android, uh, and Windows and Microsoft, like they all kind of can coexist uh, and they can all kind of solve different things too. So, uh, you know, it's it's very interesting to see these new developments or new platforms um, kind of emerge. And we all, we even see uh, saw like about a week ago, uh, the kick ICO uh, is moving away from the Ethereum uh, network to uh, Stellar. Stellar. Yep. stellar, yeah. So we can see that there is potential where people can start jumping off into another blockchain if it's, it comes out as a winner. Uh, but now looking at, you know, and seeing all these transactions from uh, being clogged up and who isn't clogged up with like Steam and BitShares being uh, super strong, Uh, You know, for me, I'm I'm very uh, keen and been following a lot of EOS uh, lately, just because uh, they've been you know pushing up their development. Well, it's been proven from Steam and BitShares that some uh, some real big uh, advancements can be done in terms of activity. You know, uh, time will tell uh, in in terms of like which of these blockchain platforms will thrive uh, in 2018. There's a lot of different
0: opinions on this particular question. I'm going to ask yet right now, uh, and that is regarding all of the different tokens that are coming out with all these different utilities i've heard some people say that you know 10 years down the road don't be surprised if there's you know tens of thousands if not a hundred thousand or more different tokens and then there's others that are saying nope everything's going to be tokenized around just you know a few most of these are not going to succeed what's uh what does your crystal ball say
2: uh, it's I'd say it's too early to tell right now where, where things are headed. Uh, I, I mean, I do see a lot of tokens are coming out for specific use cases within industries. Uh, some are more bigger plays like big platforms or a big platform for industry. Uh, like you know, some people are trying to tag up the full cannabis industry or just trend, small uh, specific transactions. Uh, right now to me it's like too early to call a decision right now uh i think the market will play out and see whether we're going to have a lot of tokens if people can handle that uh you or- can't handle the tokens <laughs> uh or you know it's gonna be crazy but once we have that like everything's tokenized like use your toilet <laughs> it's gonna have its own token <laughs> the poop uh, coin yeah
0: yeah In the, the, the pomoji would be the symbol on the coin
2: yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, but I think, though, you know, uh, things will probably consolidate eventually to some sort of uh, more, more standardized uh, tokens. Because uh, for more like mass, uh, broad adoption, obviously, most consumers won't be able to keep up or understand all these different tokens. So probably the best ones will be still there. A lot of tokens will be happening, but more like invisible uh, behind the backgrounds by running whatever transactions they need to nice
1: I want to, I want to ask about this then sort of a follow-up from the other question then about about Bitcoin Bitcoin cash etc etc right we've all seen the different people thinking that Bitcoin is going to be a hundred thousand dollars fifty thousand next year a million dollars eventually now some certain people have different thoughts on on where it's headed now you know it, it looks as if, if if Bitcoin does not figure out its scaling issues and come to agreement with the developers and get some consensus on how to scale Bitcoin effectively a lot of that wealth would seem to me to start pouring off into some of these other ones. Now, what do you think what's going to happen in the in the next year? I mean, because we could see Bitcoin's hit almost 20,000. Do we think it's going yeah. to keep going up? Do we think it, I mean, because in theory, it makes sense to me as more of this 200 trillion pay, of paper fiat money pours into the crypto space, than the crypto market overall and all these coins are going to rise. But does that mean that Bitcoin's going to continue to rise? I, I don't know if they don't figure out their scaling problems. I think they're going to have a challenge in trying to reach those million dollar marks that people were talking about. What do you think?
2: Yeah, so I I believe that, yeah, if they don't uh, fix any of the issues of uh, scaling and you know, the transaction fees are just nuts for even small uh, small transactions, then it will hinder Bitcoin uh, in general. You know, a lot of the people that I see uh, talk to in my circles, you know, we, we kind of just see Bitcoin as being that uh, big store value of value, like gold it has that brand name recognition. Uh, and that will, you know, if they don't solve their issues, that does incentivize Bitcoin Bcash. Uh, to try to outpace them, but you know we'll we'll see if, if they actually pull that off. Or these other, like five plus forks <laughs> coming on, <laughs> coming about too. So uh, I mean that's that's the nature of the market to to try to outpace or try to uh, out innovate um, and really take that uh, the reins away from Bitcoin. Uh, and also too, like I I think that. It might not be like a single flipping. It could be multiple fronts flippening. Like let's say EOS, Ethereum, Cardano, uh, et cetera, Lisk, Neo. They, they really figure, figure out some sort of more scaling and more use cases. Then they can all start chipping away from the main Bitcoin value, uh, so to speak, because they're going to start opening the floodgates of money and, and transactions that they can get up to the Vista level transactions. Uh, that's going to be game changing. Uh, and those valuations will skyrocket too. So uh, I think that Bitcoin is not going to die. I think it might increase uh, in price per uh, coin just because uh, you know the difficulty for mining and scarcity is going to keep increasing. Uh, however, I think that uh, with more uh, new tokens and new future tokens that are coming uh, out in the future, uh, there could be more disruption coming off if they if they don't figure things out.
0: Mm. What about um, Charlie Lee? Charlie sold all of his Litecoin and and posted the reason why he was doing it i have my take on it but i'm not the guest you are what's uh, what's your uh, just to set the stage charlie sold all his litecoin and made a tweet that um, i'm not finding at the moment but essentially gave the reason why he was doing it that he didn't want to be emotionally attached to the ups and downs that he's got plenty of money and that he wanted to really focus on the development of litecoin did, yeah. did i get that right
2: that was definitely uh, surprising news uh, to me today, too. And, and I didn't really have much to think about it uh, quite yet. I mean, he, Charlie's been really ramping up his uh, his personal brand and messaging for the past like month. I think that's really what helped a lot of the blitz of Litecoin, too. Uh, recently, he's really up the—well, I know for sure that Litecoin has upped the marketing. Uh, they've openly solicited for marketers. Uh, and, you know, I got referred a lot to potentially work on that. I, I didn't. Uh, and I was that's not something I was looking to do. Um, but I know they're, they're looking for growth hackers and marketers. And after that, uh, they did a big push on the marketing and promotion side. And that really helped, uh, Litecoin catch back. Uh, well, you l- know, he,
0: he tweeted afterwards, the Litecoin team has been hard at work working with companies to support Litecoin. Nothing to announce yet, but here's what it's in the works merchant processor, popular online wallet, goods trading platform. One huge unexpected surprise with a smiley <laughs> face. 2018 will be a good year for Litecoin. So he says nothing to announce, but they're at, he's kind of announcing here's what's coming. Yeah,
2: always doing the pre announcement and announcement. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, this is – I mean, the way that I always look at signals uh, for uh, like the whole grand scheme of things, again, like if, some, if a big group or organization has a lot of dollars behind it or a lot of backing, uh, especially a community too, and they start pushing on it. Uh, then that's when you're going to see real real big growth. And and that's what Litecoin did. Uh, Bitcoin Cash obviously did that however they wanted to uh, as well. And that did a big uh, push on the price too. Same thing with like Cardano too. Cardano really activated a strong um, marketing and PR campaign to really like push it out out there as well. So I think that uh, Litecoin is starting to heat up. uh, And I always take that as a positive signal, at least on the price, because they're going to really like start you know, pushing out a lot of updates, uh, awareness, potentially products, and you know they're ready to go. The uh, same thing with like EOS has also been doing that too.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating stuff. Uh, so let's talk real quick uh, as we're winding down on the interview here about Coin Circle. You know, what exactly is Coin Circle, and uh, what are what are you working on over there?
2: Yeah, so Unicorn Gold is our first uh, token project, and we're working on uh, several other tokens as well. Uh, similar to that size, we're working with uh, actual established businesses. They have to have a customer base. Uh, there needs to be a real use case for uh, creating uh, and tokenizing uh, their businesses. Uh, the founders and the founding team uh, should have a lot of skin in the game too. Uh, it's usually venture-backed uh, post-revenue companies. were are uh, working up to even like enterprise-level projects. Uh, those are not announced quite yet, and they'll kind of be announced uh, in the next uh, probably Q1, Q2, but. Uh, we're focusing heavily right now on on those big uh, enterprise uh, level and um, kind of more established companies right now. Uh, and as we are doing that, we are you know building out and rolling out our internal products as well. One of the projects that we uh, just acquired was ICO Stats, which was a big ICO. Stat tracker website. And so we're going to be building our own exchange, our own wallet, um, building our own kind of uh, community and and media uh, kind of channel as well to just build uh, kind of more consumer uh, facing products uh, as we go with what we're building. So we have two sides of the business. One is focusing on more of the B2B side uh, and enterprise tokenization, and then more like uh, internal products that we're going to start deploying for consumers as well. Justin Wu is the future so bright you got to wear shades. <laughs> Thanks. It's
0: um, it's it's all just getting started, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's
2: just uh yeah, 2018 is I you know, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more interesting things coming out with like security tokens, uh you know, hopefully T0 maybe does something interesting and we're going to see more bigger players for sure uh come into play and that should just more legitimize the space, bring more ins- institutional money. Uh yeah, really just uh you know, th- to me, understanding what's seen going on uh, in the business side of blockchain uh, and what's going on behind the scenes is just really, uh, you know, exciting. Right on. I have one final question. One final question for
1: our audience, right? Because our audience is full of a lot of newbies, right? These are people who are just now trying to figure out crypto. They're trying to figure out blockchain. They're trying to understand what it all is. What are maybe some words of wisdom that you would give our listeners if they are just now getting started into crypto? How do they begin to start dissecting this, aside, obviously, from listening to the Bad Crypto podcast?
2: Yeah, yeah. I would always say go. Uh, in order to be, get educated, uh, you have to have multiple sources of information and kind of knowledge share. It could be through listening podcasts like the Amazing uh, Bad Crypto. Uh, it could be going out, uh, going to Facebook groups. Uh, telegram groups, uh, reading books, uh, YouTubing. I, I personally, like if I land into like a word I, that I might not know of, like proof of stake, I don't know if I didn't know about it, then I'm going to go Google it. Uh, if I hear like new, new tokens, new coins, I'm going to go search and do my research about it and make my own decisions uh, after learning. Uh, you're going to see a lot of big influ- influx of a lot of just noise and information out there. Uh, in terms of uh, where you should learn about uh, crypto or blockchain, uh, I would always start out with understanding what what blockchain technology is first by whether going on YouTube and then uh, getting into a deeper dive and really understanding what's going on in the overall space uh, by asking some of uh, other peers as well uh, to build up kind of your community and network uh, and reference points, especially if somebody is getting like daily signals or daily information. Um, they might be a good go-to person.
0: All good info and good advice. Justin Wu, you guys can check him out on LinkedIn. He's actually reworking his website right now. Uh, but on LinkedIn, just look up Justin um, C. Wu, W-U is the way you spell it. And Justin, thanks again for your time today. We appreciate it. Oh,
2: thanks again for having me, guys.
0: And thanks again, Justin, for your time and for coming to the show. You know, Travis, we have so many cool guests coming up. And uh, I think we mentioned earlier that John McAfee has said yes to appearing on Bad Crypto.
1: That's that's phenomenal. You know what? So I, I used to be the global digital strategist for Semantic, And so John McAfee, he founded McAfee Security, which is, you know, kind of a competitor of Semantic. So that'll be fun. So well, I'm going to ask some some pretty strong questions around security. How do people can, you know, remain more secure in this crypto world? Because this is a whole new world, and there's hackers trying to hack in ways that we hadn't even thought of. And luckily, they're yeah. hacking me first, so we get to tell you guys all about it. So it's so exciting.
0: Travis Wright getting hacked so you don't have to
2: <laughs> that's
0: how well, so we're going to have to get a box of tissues for you right. Travis anyhow would love to hear from you guys go to badcryptopodcast.com click the contact us link and that's where you can reach out with questions or if you're interested in sponsoring the Bad Crypto Podcast or doing some sort of partnership with us or if you're interested in having either Travis myself or both of us speak at a event to teach blockchain because we actually know enough now that we're getting asked to go speak at some pretty major events on this topic maybe we're not so bad anymore it's pretty soon mediocre. we're the mediocre crypto podcast. the mediocre yeah we may have to rebrand ourselves the mediocre crypto podcast somewhat decent, and then the somewhat decent? not horrible not horrible <laughs> uh, just below subpar <laughs> Almost decent. Well, hopefully you guys are learning a little bit about crypto as well. And from the looks of the comments we're getting, it sounds like it's mission accomplished.
1: I think they want to invite us this next year to their Thanksgiving dinner. Pretty sure they're like Joel or Travis. If you'd like to invite us to your Thanksgiving dinner in 2018, let us
0: know. But just one of us at a time but you can't (laughs) handle the whole brand.
1: It would cost cost extra for both of us.
0: Two turkeys. Stay bad.
1: Who's
0: and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.
1: Perfect. Yeah, let's get into this. That was awesome. <clears throat> Hold on. Yes, let's do that. Let's go ahead and get it going. Nope, that sucked too. Uh, let's get started, folks. <laughs> that was also horrible. <laughs> okay.